Good morning, good morning, Maggie here with my dear friend Darla. I am so excited this morning. Uh, I just want to encourage you guys that you need to get this out to your friends. You need to share this on your timeline because Darla has an amazing testimony and, it, and it's a great testimony, but we're only going to be able to share snippets because I'm going to have her back at another time to go uh, a little bit farther, a little bit deeper because I really want to spend some time today talking about the great things that the Lord is doing through her and her husband, Michael. So welcome to Keys to Your Best Life. My name is Maggie Cavanaugh. I am your host today, and we are going to be interacting with each other, but we will go back and answer all the questions, comments in the chat stream. This is via live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and just about anywhere that somebody sends it to. So we're all over the place send this it. morning. Yes, yeah, send it. Like it, share it, comment, and we will definitely get back to those. So I want to thank you, Darla, for being here today. Oh, thank you uh, for asking me. I was so excited to get to interview you because I met Darla in 2018. I met her because her husband was the keynote speaker at the Recovery Fest in 2018 at, at Rutherford County. And so I was super impressed with her as a person. I thought she is so cool. I love her. And so, <laughs> so that, yes, I love her. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for logging on. But um, she's got a great story. And I and so I just want to tell you that it, sometimes you meet people and you're like, oh, so, they're so cool. I, I really like them. And other times you meet people and you're like, oh, God has sent them here. I am so <laughs> glad they're here and so forth. And so we've had the opportunity to get to know her and Michael, and we are just so impressed with what they're doing. So without any further ado, why don't you tell us, because you just relocated here, why don't you tell us what brought you here? Um, because Steer Strike, which is a 501c3, yeah. uh, and Michael goes in, and I know he speaks to the schools a little bit. Why don't you share a little bit with, with the audience about what Steer Strike is? So Steer Strike is a, a nonprofit, like you said. We go into schools and educate youth about choices and consequences behind drugs, bullying, gangs, abuse, uh, vaping, e-cigarettes, um, and the challenges that come with that, that wreck your life because we've, we've experienced that firsthand. So the students get to hear the real truth behind what they're being targeted with, what's coming down uh, the pike for them. And the parents can also, can also hear solutions, um, mm. you know, to combat the things that they say, the things that they do. Educators can also have solutions for the classroom so they'll be able to teach. I love that. We have got to equip the kids Absolutely. and it is so important to get them. Now, what is the youngest? I know he goes into the high schools, mm -hmm. but what is the youngest uh, audience that y'all have had with Steer Strike? So um, in, we, we relocated from New Jersey um, down to Tennessee because mm -hmm. this is God's country. Yes. This is God's country. <laughs> so buckle on the Bible belt. <laughs> yes. And this is where uh, for five years he's told me that I'm going to be. I don't know what the purpose is yet, but uh, he's got the lead. So um, when we came down here, um, we were uh, engaged with uh, a couple of different people, someone who had lost their son to addiction, yes. uh, another lady over in Williamson who had lost her son to addiction. But God pulled me here and, he, you know, every year kept saying, you have to be here. You have to be here. So it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. Well, I'm glad you were obedient. So, and now you have a office in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah, right on the square. Sarah. 
Yes, yeah. right in the smack dab in the middle of everything <laughs> that you can find. And I know recently you made some changes because you started a thrift store to support yes. the 501c3. Yes, there's um, um, in this country, there are schools, maybe they're called Title One or they're very rural small schools who don't have funding to bring in assemblies for students, believe it or not. Can you believe that? So they don't get any education on drugs, on suicide, on bullying. Um, on any of the social media, on any of those things. So our thrift store helps us fund that to be able to take our speakers, pay their food, you know, pay their travel expense so that they can go and get that message out to our youth. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I know one thing for sure is that we need more educational resources. Sure. And if we cannot go and do it ourselves, we need to send those and we need to support things. So what are the hours of the thrift store and exactly what is the address? So if someone right now got off this broadcast, um, what are the hours there and sure. how can they find it? So we are located at 610 West College Street, Suite 125. There's a big sign out there that says, hey, there's a thrift store here. Um, <laughs> Um, and we are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'm sorry, Monday through Saturday. We are closed on Sunday um, to celebrate Jesus. So. Yay, that's mm -hmm. good. That's really good. So in addition to Steer Straight, you've been working on your master's. Yes. How's that going? Uh, it's going. Yeah. I, I, I am at Liberty University. I love, I love it. I love the spirit of, of Jesus that surrounds everything that they do. Um, is where I'm supposed to be. I love what you do because you counsel counsel marriages and you counsel individuals. And I know um, through my internship that I did last year that that is where God wants me. That, it's that's important. truly where God wants it me. It is needed. And I'm glad he's bringing you into it because mm -hmm. he's kind of transitioned me out of it a little yeah. bit. Not so much. I mean, I, if God tells me to take clients, I take clients. But, you know, I'm, I'm he's got me doing some other things. So, right. it's, you know, different. But he is calling people to help other people because people are hurting. And hurting people hurt people. Absolutely. And we need to be available. And the Bible says that out of the multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's encouragement. I firmly believe that counseling should be a requirement. Of life, I, I think any I, I, anybody everybody and everybody needs, needs it. I know when I need to see a counselor, I'll see a counselor. <laughs> I do not play when it comes to my emotional state. Sure. It is so important, y'all. It's so important, and you know, counseling and coaching and things to help people go in the yeah. right direction. I'm so excited. Yeah. And so, are you going to be practicing out of the location where you're at now, where the thrift store is? Um, that the is the, there? Yeah, that's the plan okay. right now. Um, whatever God sees fit to make open at, at a later date. But um, you know, during the day, my focus is our youth and their parents and the community, um, you know, so I love that's that. what we're doing. And that's why we jive so well together is we, we, we both are encouraged by that big time. So I would also um, like to comment on the fact that you mentioned the kids need to hear this because, you know, you've been through it. You, yeah, you know, yeah. so uh -huh. give us your, and, and I know, listen, the story is so amazing uh, between her and Michael. It's like, I feel like, between the two of us, we could do that whole lifetime TV thing sure. for weeks and weeks. TV weeks. in, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like kind of, you know, I'm going after this in a little while to go do a God story. And they're like, you know, can you do it in five minutes? And I'm like, not today. Not, no, not, not certain God stories I can, but certain ones I can't. Testimonially, just give us the maybe the, the mini version of how okay. you and Michael um, got your freedom, 
And we yeah. know that whenever you get freedom in an area, it gives you more authority in Absolutely. that area to minister yeah. to people. So yeah. when she's talking about reaching the families and the destructive behavior, she knows firsthand. So, yeah. Darla, tell the audience about um, what you went through mm -hmm. and your, your freedom walk. Sure. So as a kid, I grew up with an alcoholic father. Um, and actually, uh, yesterday uh, was 10 years that we buried my father. Wow. He died from alcoholism. Al yes, and alcohol still kills people every yes. single day, all day. Yes. Um, as as such, um, I grew up with a low self-esteem, low self-worth because, you know, but daddy's, you know, daddy calls me princess and, mm -hmm. you know, why can't daddy stop? Because, he, you know, because he loves me so much that he just can't stop drinking. So um, I struggled with that a lot. I was bullied in school. Um, so I met my husband and, um, you know, all the bells and whistles went off, you know, <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, there is love at first sight. So uh, that's true. But we, um, uh, he, he had struggled a lot with uh, cocaine, uh, crack cocaine specifically. Uh, there are other drugs, but crack cocaine and um, drew me into that. And uh, to, on the 14th, which is my birthday in two days, I'll be 15 years clean. So. 15 years, y'all. Recovery happens. Recovery happens right here. All day, every day. There is hope. There is hope yes. You know, and yesterday is kind of unique that I'm interviewing you today and then Kevin Foles because you both got restoration stories yeah. about hope. And yesterday was Tennessee's Day of Hope. Yeah. And the celebration of, you know, people always think you're always going to be like that. Yeah. And you're, you're not. You can recover. Yes. You can recover. Your recovery is possible. And it comes in different ways. And just because we recover some way might not be the way that you recover. But I'm, I'm telling you what, I know I would have never made it through my own walk years ago if it wasn't for the breakthrough of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I had a um, I had an encounter with Jesus while I was incarcerated uh, for a nine month time frame. Wow. At the last of it, I had an encounter with Jesus that it gives me chills as I speak um, oh, yeah. and I'll never forget it. It's share a little bit about that. I know the viewers were like, right, uh, well, so um, I am incarcerated uh, for nine months, three months in three different jails. Right. And oh. the last one I'd only, uh, when I went in it was in summertime, had jeans and flip flops on in New Jersey. And um, the last of it, it was in uh, February, March and April of 2001. And, um, God was really working on me and I had had only thing I had taken with me that whole time was the Bible that my grandmother had given me. Oh. That was my treasure. And so oh. uh, I just had gone into my cell, didn't come out for breakfast, didn't come out for lunch. And I was just reading the Bible. I started in John and I was just reading the Bible. And I got so frustrated. Like, oh. you know, I'm reading this. I'm like, God, do you even hear me? I grew up in church as a kid, you know, in church every time the doors was open, we were there. So, um, you know, I'm like, God, I don't, you know, do you hear me? Are you understanding? Do you hear me? Why am I here? How did I end up here? You know, my mother always said that I was anointed, that I was highly favored. You know, how God, how did I end up here? So I slammed that Bible shut and I threw it on Ooh. the floor. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and so I had been having problems with my back the whole time. Uh, you know how jail, jail cots are not that great. But um, so I've been having a lot of pain in my back. And I just, I was laying there and I was crying, crying. God, do you hear me? Can you hear what? I don't even believe you're here with me. And so he uh, made it a point. He, I heard this voice as loud as you and I are speaking right now. And he says to me, I want you to touch the top of your head with your finger. And I did that, and I'm like, I'm going crazy here. You know, I, I think I'm going. <laughs> I'm in the jail. I'm going crazy. 
you know, and so he said, I want to, touch, I want you to touch the middle of your back where it hurts you the most. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll play. Then he says, I want you to touch both soles of your feet with that, with that finger. I said, okay. As soon as I did that and I laid over on my side because I couldn't lay flat on my back. When my hand went down like this, you know those warm blankets that they give you at the hospital when you're really yes, cold? Yes. That was really nice. So I literally felt that from the head of my, mm-hmm. the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, like somebody had put a warm blanket completely oh. around me. And where I had, oh my gosh, where I hadn't been able to, I hadn't so much pain, I hadn't been able to sleep. I instantly fell asleep. I'm getting chills as I speak. Getting, I fell asleep and was asleep. They had to wake me up the next morning. Wow. It was unbelievable so listen this is this is the other part of it so while i was in there i had been ror which was released on your own recognizances right and so i've been having some problems with this girl while i was in there and so they had released me but they didn't release me for a whole week so that was like the day that this happened was a sunday and so um that whole next week nobody they didn't release me and so the day when I, I came out of my cell after that happened and the girl that I've been having problems with. So we're in this pod it has a circle, right? And everybody has to come out and you have to eat. So this girl comes walking. She gets in the middle of that circle, right? And she sees me. She's like, oh, my God, I see Jesus coming out of you. She didn't even know what she said. Wow. She And, wow. and everything stopped. Like you could hear a pin drop. And everybody was like looking around and she looked around everybody. And she went, turn around, went right back into her cell, did not come out. Oh, wow. <laughs> so all an opposing this, spirit wasn't one to mess with Jesus. I'm telling you. So, yeah. so, so then like all that week, no, no, but they still didn't release me for five days. During that whole week, there was girls. Can you read with the Bible? What, what does oh. the Bible say about this? I got, there was three girls who oh. got saved in that pod. Oh. Other girls, we started a, a, a Bible study. They didn't have anything like that. God really used me in that whole five five days. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it was. It oh was my incredible. goodness! Yeah. That is. That's not the end of the story, but yeah, you know, when you're released on your own recognizance, they usually release you within immediately. Oh yeah. You know, and so that's a testimony that God. You know, we don't yeah. always understand. You know, she could have been like, "Hey, what's going on? I was supposed to have been released. I was supposed to be out there. God, what are you doing?" And I was doing that, instead, but, <laughs> but instead, she's yeah. like, "Okay, while I'm here." We are going to have this discussion yeah. and we're going to get this Bible study started for the women that are coming. But you know what? I didn't even have to do that. They, the, the, uh, the people who ran the, the part that we were in said, Hey, do you want to start a Bible study? Hey, can you do this? I hey, love it. Can you do it? Was, it was this a county jail? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, last time goes down county jail. Burlington County, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I, I can only even imagine. So, yeah. wow. So how did you end up in jail? So, uh, because of my, my husband and I've been together a long time, long time. Um, and so when my husband started, he realized, he relapsed and he started using it. Well, I didn't know it. Mm. And so for three or four weeks, I put my kids in front of him. Like, if you love your kids, what's wrong with you? You know, why can't you stop? If you love me, you love me more than you, you know, we had a great love. We have a great love. And so, um, I couldn't stop. And so I just, we were fighting all the stuff. And finally I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I give up. Give up. I want you to show me. If you love this so much more than you love me and our kids, I want you to show me why. And that was my biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. And so he, he did. He did. He had no choice. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and started, that started us, your cycle. That started us on a journey of about a two-year time frame of shoplifting uh, to support our habit, but over a $200 a day drug habit. 
$200 a day. Yeah, that's so, a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. That's a lot. And uh, so that started us on that journey. And all through that time, though, you know how when you're when you're when you're out of place and you know you're out of place. Yeah. That whole time, that's the way I felt. God convicted me yes. every single time. You know, every single time he convicted me. And I had that spirit. And so I, I was never a good booster. Mm -hmm. So I got caught every time almost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hey, that's God's way of saying, hey, girl, that's not for you. I'm for you. So, so as first go around, you were you were sober. You you did not engage in any of that. No. After seeing, you know, your father battle the addiction of right. alcohol, yeah, you were probably totally like, oh. but you were so weak. And, and, and I have found this over the years to be very common that when someone is using and we think, okay, well, if I... If I drink with my husband at home, he That's won't go word. to the bars. Um, or if I do drugs with him, then we're doing that together, and I'll connect with them. And it doesn't work. It, if, it's, it's worse. Yeah. If you uh, if you say, oh, I'll, I'll let my kids drink at home, it's fine. No, it's not. No, it's no. not. It no. is that. And you know that's very very common. You know, it, well, you can drink, but you got to do it right here. You that know, that doesn't work. It doesn't. It sets them up for a life of pain and discouragement and potentially incarceration. Yeah. I mean, my sister here, you know, you heard her three different jails, nine months. She, you know, spent that time. And then Michael went back for much longer. Yeah. Right. So he was incarcerated for five years, came out. And then uh, that's when we got got both got addicted. And uh, again, and uh, then he went back for seven more years. So he did 12 years of incarceration. Wow. How long was he out between the five before he went back? About a year and a half. Wow. So, and how quickly did he fall after he came back out? So we had a car accident about 10 months after he was out. Um, he had a job. He, we had a house. I mean, everything was great. Going up to New Jersey Turnpike, a, a tractor trailer flipped over and flipped on top of our car. And wow. Michael was trying to back up and popped his popped his neck. Oh. And so he goes to the hospital and they put him on Oxycontin, Mobic, Neurontin, Vioxx. Uh, let me see. Everything else. Uh, oh they put him gosh. on morphine. Even they told him he was uh, he had a prior uh, problem with it. Addiction. Wow. And so what does someone who wants to self-medicate instead of taking something that makes them down because Michael's an A-type person. He um, started, you know, getting rid of that so he could get his cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And this is very, very common because mm -hmm. everyone has like a drug of choice per yeah. se. Uh -huh. There's that one thing that they'll do whatever. And, it, you know, so if you're getting opiates and opiates are huge on the streets, then it's really easy to say, okay, I'll trade you this for that. And you get in that cycle. So, but look what the Lord has done. I know. Okay. So as a result of you, Getting all Jesus by giving your life to the Lord, surrenders the Lord and the will of the Lord. How much longer was it before Michael came into the kingdom and started really walking out his calling? So, uh, 2012. 2012. So he got okay. out. He got out of jail. Right. He got out of prison in 2007. So 2012. Now, um, I had started going to a lot. Started going to church again and started doing a lot of different things. And had moved down to South Jersey because Mike was incarcerated in South Jersey. And uh, so I established our home down there and everything. And I had started going to church. And so um, we were having a lot of marriage problems. Sure. I mean, a lot, a lot of problems. Sure. Once, we, the, once all that stuff I know, covered right? up, it all comes yeah. out. Yeah. So um, as a last ditch effort, I had gotten two tickets to see Casting Crowns at the Delaware mm -hmm. State Fair. It was a lot of 2012. And I called my husband. I said, I'm going to go to this. I said, we've got nosebleed seats. I don't care. I really just want to go. I know who they are. And unbeknownst to me, a, a pastor friend of ours had given him a WOW CD. 
Oh, oh, wow CD, right? Right. I remember the wow CDs. Right, right. They were great. And so he'd been listening to that. We love music. Everything we do yes. is centered around music. So he'd been listening to this. And so I said, I'm going to this concert. I'd like for you to go with me. So he went. We're sitting in the nosebleed section, right? And it's uh, Building 429, 10th Avenue North, and Casting Crowns. Right. Oh, wow. And what so, a lineup. oh my gosh. So, that's a setup for Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how, how, uh, how we did not know. Uh -huh. So, all on the way down, we had started, we had, uh, he likes country music. Oh, he knew I liked country music at that time. So, he had turned country music station on. So, while we're there, where he's sitting up there, it's raining a little bit in between, right? And so, this girl's walking up these nosebleed section seats. And she has this shirt on. It says, take this world and give me Jesus. And he mm -hmm. sees that shirt. And he's like, oh, I like that shirt. I like it. Where'd you get that? And she's like, well, there's a little march thing over there uh, on the side. She go, I said, well, I'll go get it because I want a Jesus bracelet. Because she had on a bracelet, right? But, you know, there's rubber bracelets mm -hmm. all over there. So, <laughs> so I go down there. And while I'm down there, um, 10th Avenue North had performed already and in between. So Mark Hall and Cassidy Crowns was getting ready to go on when I was down there. So by the time I got up to the, the back up to the seat, it had, the skies had opened up and it wow. had started pouring rain. Wow. But Mark Hall is standing out there and he starts to sing mm. and he sings voice of truth. Oh, wow. And I'm coming up the steps and okay. I look at, I look at my husband in this six, Foot man about 280 pounds is white as a ghost he's sitting there and he is bawling oh. I mean bawling and he goes and he's like what's happening down there because there's <laughs> 15,000 people in this place right and they're all like this they got their raincoats on but they some of them don't even care it's pouring rain and they're like Mark Hall is standing in the rain in the rain like literally standing in the rain I see it he's like what's going on down there I said, well, what do you mean? I said, it's the spirit of the Lord. The, you know, God is in this place. Said, Don't you feel that? He's like, I want that. Oh. I want that. And it, that still makes me cry. Nice. Yeah. I, said, I want that. And from, so so he's, he sat down, didn't say anything the whole rest of the time. He's just it, absorbing everything. So it's still raining, and that's Delaware. Delaware, the water doesn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> so it's still raining, and we're, we left the concert after that, right? We're going up, and... You know, he had the country music station on. And what comes on? Jesus, take the wheel. Comes on the radio. And I said, see? I said, you're not driving. You didn't let Jesus drive. Mm. He had to pull off the side of the road, get out of the car in the pouring rain. And he was over in a field on his knees. Hallelujah. Mm. You're going to make me <laughs> What a testimony. What a testimony. How powerful is that? And I know because I met Michael that it was a life transforming oh, day. Oh, sure. You know, he came come in. Oh, so he goes, when he does something, he goes full force. Yes. So from that point on, every concert, every Christian thing, he got seats for it. So the first one <laughs> after that was Toby Mac in, in Philadelphia. It was uh, like the Hits Deep Tour. Matthew West and uh, Brian, uh, Brandon Heath and Britt Nicole. Amen. I'm like, and he's going to all the contemporary uh, so Christian events. So he's up there in the, we're still in those positions. Like, I ain't doing this anymore. So from then on, we had VIP seats. Gotcha. For everything that came. Yeah, because you were heavily involved in a like a ministry that had music and addictions combined, yeah, right? Uh -huh, yeah. So did, was that part of facilitating getting those great seats? Because I know you guys like, I, you know, I know Trahash got like um, 
autograph stuff and all of that. Oh, no, so, so. From, from, well, so from getting all of the APCs and meet, meet and greets and all that stuff, we've gotten to meet and, and really get to know a lot of these wonderful yes. artists, whether yes. they're rap, whether they're Christian music, whether they're um, contemporary Christian music, whether they're hard rock like Seventh Day Slumber, unbelievable people and they have such hearts for people just yes. just that's all they want to do is to is to lead you to jesus so that's that's so from that we started uh promoting christian music in new jersey and let me tell you so our first one <laughs> we don't start short like small our first one you know god's not dead had come out and our uh, first concert was the newsboys oh with, man with um uh seventh time down and another group and it was uh it was crazy because as soon as and it was a packed i mean like totally packed the newsboys hadn't been in new jersey in many many years and so packed this place out it was a cathedral type church packed it out <laughs> from the moment that first note that michael T michael tate sang you could i literally felt the hold off of new jersey Ooh. lift and the power of God swarmed in that place. Mm. There's nothing like I'm standing on the side of the stage when they're singing, we believe. And all these kids are uplifted. Hallelujah. And I'm like, that. oh, my God. That song is such a declaration. I know. Oh, my God. Faith. It is. Yeah. You know, right. We believe in God the Father. We believe in his son. Absolutely. You know, so all the these, Holy Spirit. Of course. All these kids that come to Reverend see. Church. Sorry, y'all. We're just, sorry, you know, you know. you're here with us. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of kids in the room because of the newsboys. But Family Force 5 was also part of the show. Right. And everybody loved Family Force 5. I mean, they were phenomenal. So all these kids are there, oh. and they they had no idea what hit them. I mean, they're all up like this, and I'm, I'm sitting on the side of the station. I'm like, and I'm crying. I'm like, oh my god, this is it. This is my, you know, this is what I'm meant to be. This is who I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to do to lead people to you. So however I can do that for you, you just put me there. Yes. And, and you've obediently been doing that. And I know that even in the jails, that you took some of this powerful music yes, yes. that you've seen and you intertwined it with recovery stuff. So let's talk yep. about that. Yes. So um, Rutherford County Work Center uh, allows me to come in and do a group uh, for women specifically right now, but for women. So I take the 12 steps of recovery, right? That was based on the Beatitudes. Yes. Um, and I take music. And, and correspond that with the things that are in each step. So you take each step, it's called my 12 step playlist. So you take each oh, step <laughs> and you put three songs to it, a good song, a bad song, and a song that just makes you get up and get out of yourself, right? So you take three of those songs, it doesn't matter what they are, whether they're Christian, whether they're rap, whether whatever they are that are good for you. And that will create your 12 step playlist. Nice. So you always will have some type of a coping mechanism when you have nothing else. That's good. That's really it good. It really, really now, works. when you say a bad song, so is that to... So for someone in recovery, like, well, my husband specifically, when he was using, he had this one song by Lincoln Park that he would put on and play over and over, I mean, like, hours, over and over so again. That, so that would you, trigger you. Yes. So when I hear this, that takes me back immediately right. to that day yes. you have to be careful the triggers right so um so when i say you you hear a bad song so when you hear a bad song on the radio then you go and take your good song even a song that your mother sang to you as a child mm -hmm. that reenact re re uh makes those endorphins 
right come up and your dopamine levels come up right and so that you're not in that dark place anymore gotcha so it lifts you so you're taking and replacing that yes. it's, um, it's like taking that that um, toxic thing it's like taking that Twinkie and throwing it down and saying give me some kale yeah I'm just saying that's or an analogy <laughs> or something along those right. lines because listen if you think for one minute that what goes in the ear gates and the eye gates doesn't matter Absolutely it, it does. is so important okay I can remember being a teenager you know bound up you know demonically bound up listening to Black Sabbath yeah and self self-harming you know, yeah. as a result of the demonic heaviness, you know, right. and so forth. So it goes back to that, you know, you've got to come back those old things yeah. and you've got to replace it with the good. And so anytime that you're being triggered, you've got something to go to. So I love that you call it my 12 step playlist. That right. is just like brilliant. You need to get that. I know you're doing it right now in the jails, but you need to get it outside you know, formatted and so forth. And so, cause it's something that she can use in her counseling practice. Yeah. So and that's I am fully intended. Yeah. Mm. I am so excited for that and so forth. So, Oh my goodness. We could go on for hours. We could probably mm. go on for days I know. talking about all the God things and all of the things that's happened. But for those of you that logged in late, this is Darla and Darla has given us some insight. So I want you to go back and watch this on the replay. I want you to hit hashtag replay. If you're watching this on the replay, if you're watching us for the first time, hit hashtag first time. We want to reach out to you. I want to make sure that um, they get resources in their hands yes. of how to contact you. So sure. after the broadcast later today, we'll go back and we'll put uh, web links and so forth, location yeah. where you can go and donate. If you were in yes, the Murfreesboro please. area, you know, help to um, populate inventory in this, in this um, thrift shop. Right. Because that's what it, the thrift shops operate off of that, yeah. and it is a five hundred one c three, so you can get a tax break Absolutely. on it, and 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 help this ministry build up. Because again, they're new in Murfreesboro, and they came in two thousand and eighteen, and the the thrift shops like brand new. Yeah. I know February, yeah, like like, like brand new. Like that gave us a new. That <laughs> gave us a new. We were in this small little side section of the building, and. Uh, this other uh, place just opened up. It's massive. And so I looked at it and I'm like, God, what do you want to do with this? And he says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. And so I talked to my husband. It's like, well, let's put a thrift store in there. And I'm like, oh, yes, that's Absolutely. it. That's it. So, uh, Lots of ministry greenhouses done that successfully yeah, for years, and yeah. it's helped to stimulate some income yeah. for for so what we they're also, doing. Uh, what we also do is we uh, we have a lot of uh, we've partnered with. Uh, Rutherford County uh, Drug Court, Rutherford County Probation. So we have a lot of wonderful people who come in and do community service yes, hours. That's awesome. Um, you know, probation, all those things. So God bless. I love God bless that you're given an opportunity for people to get those hours in. And we also have two people that we've hired on from Drug Court. Um, because we believe in them. Drug court is important to you because you're a graduate of drug yes, court, I right? am. I am. So, okay, so let me ask you, uh, and the reason uh, I'm asking her this question is because everybody watching this broadcast has been touched by addiction in some form yeah. or fashion, and there's some controversy on whether or not people can get help um, and if, if it's long lived, and I know your transformation of Jesus is what has allowed you to walk out yeah. your sobriety, but was drug court forced on you? Was it something you're like, hey, put me in drug court? Or was it like, you're going to drug court? No, so I had a choice of doing three years okay. in New Jersey State Prison oh. or go to drug court. And I, so I had a taste of what like a treatment center was like. 
uh, when I was first incarcerated, they had a prog- program called Delaney Hall in Essex County, New Jersey. And so the, I, wow. I was I had signed up to go there. I was there a week and I loved it. It was fantastic because it was programming. I had yes. never had any any type of counseling as uh, as a you know as a kid. I'd never had any type of counseling. But what I went through with my dad, you know, what I went through uh, the trauma and everything behind all that stuff. And so I loved it. So they jerked me out of that after a week because uh, they had a warrant. I have, you can't have warrants there. And so they sent me back to Essex County Jail, which is the bowels of hell. I mean, like literally. So um, I had a taste of that. But so I knew that I wanted to go into a drug court program or a drug program. And that has when when it first literally almost really came out was drug court just had just come out. And I'm like, I want that. I want that. And so thank God I did. Drug court saved my life because it gave me um, it gave me accountability. Yes, you it's know. needed. Yeah, it gave me accountability. It gave me, I had to go to meetings, which helped me because uh, there was other people that I found who had the same situation as I did. You know, you're not alone in this. So um, right. all those things, it gave me people that I could count on to, to help me walk through this. You know, the accountability is the biggest piece mm-hmm. to that. So if you're watching this broadcast and you know someone that's bound up with addictions, don't think for one minute that God is not going to yeah. redeem that at some point in their life. Yeah. Everybody has a different bottom. Everybody has a different yeah. place to where they're like, okay, yeah. I'll do this. And forced treatment is still treatment. Of course. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that encourages me because yeah. I have people in my life that I am standing and waiting for God yeah. to, you know, intervene. And, you know, for them to finally say, okay, you know, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. So if you are watching this broadcast and you have a loved one, you are looking at a, you know, a drug court graduate. Yeah. Someone whose life was shambled, grew up in an alcoholic home, uh, went to jail. I had a husband who dealt with addictions for years, mm-hmm. stood for his salvation, you know, and prayed him in. There's there's power in prayer, let me tell you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> prayed him into the yeah, kingdom. And now they have a 501c3 where they are informing the youth of the US of the dangers of all of these open yeah. doors that they do in life. And it's very, you know, that's that's so I'm so passionate about that. That is just yeah. like, you know, we are like two sisters from another mister or something, <laughs> you know, because we have the same heart to see people set free. Yeah. So if you want to know more about what they're doing at Steer Straight here in Murphy's Grill, make sure you take your donation over to help populate the uh, thrift store. Make sure that if you are looking for a good seed to sow into, uh, you know, it's a great tax write-off and it's an opportunity to sow into the lives of some of these schools that do not have the grants, right. they do not have the funds to right. bring people in. Let's face it, the gospel is free, but the avenue of getting people the word or getting people encouragement is not. Right. And people don't understand it, you know, because we're 501c3 too. Yeah. And people are like, well, what do you need money for? I'm like, you know, Jesus <laughs> is free. And it's like, well, do you understand <laughs> the expenses involved in trying to do the things to help people's lives. A lot of people do not have the revenue. And so pro bono help, it has to come in and we have to have that sponsor somewhere. So please put them on your list, your prayer list. Pray for them. Oh, please, I need that. Pray for them, (laughs) uh, you know, and they're fairly new. And if you are looking for someone to come and speak, Darla is available for that. Now, you were on TV. Yeah. I mean, this is my little talk show online. But you were on, like, News 5, which (laughs) kind of ranks up there above my keys to your best life. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, but I'm sure that mine was more fun. Oh, fun. of course. <laughs> so uh, you were on News Five, yeah. just not too long ago, I see. Yeah, last month. Uh, okay. Yeah, last month. Yeah, last month. That was pretty cool. Um, the lady there loved us. She's like, "Oh, mm -hmm. I want to have you back." You, she's like, "We that. could talk for hours." Yes. So, yeah. Well, there's so much good stuff, and and we just gave you a little snippet of it. So I want to encourage you guys. You are not alone if no. you're standing for someone's salvation. You're standing for someone's freedom. Darla here is living proof. You know, I'm living proof. Okay. And if you woke up today, God's got a plan for you yeah, <laughs> and for the ones that you love. So Darla, I appreciate it. I just want to, before we close out the broadcast, cause I know in 25 minutes, I'm going to interview Kevin Foles. Right. Kevin goes as Jesus freak. And I was on a committee with him for recovery uh, fest last year. Right. I can promise you he lives up to that name. But before we get off here, I always like to leave our audience with a key. And you and I were talking about fear yeah. and uh, the whole thing going on with the coronavirus and their ministry that or their, their 501c3 is because they kind of go in incognito, you know, mm -hmm. they go in there. Cause if, if you come to the schools, I want to talk to your kids about freedom in Jesus. They're going to be like, we sneak out in there. Yeah. They just He's kind of there. like with my forward program. <laughs> I, have my, I have my forward faith-based program and then I have my forward that does not use yeah. freedom, you know? <laughs> so, um, be, and I slide it in there. So revenue is important for anybody to operate a 501c3. And there's threats out there with the coronavirus. So schools are shutting down. So I want you guys specifically to pray for Darla. But Darla, what would you say to those people that are experiencing fear right now? Fear is huge. Okay. So, so Zach Williams has got a song. You should check it out. It's called Fear is a Liar. Fear will take you out like nothing else. Fear is of the devil. There's a spirit of fear that's coming across this country that wants to make everyone uh, feel very anxious and very scared about the situation. Listen to what the truth of God has for you and don't yes. listen to anything else. Stop Amen. watching the TV because that's just awful. Yeah. All they want to do is, is create a spirit of fear that a 40-year-old person is going to get the coronavirus who's a healthy as a horse. That's not true. Right. So listen to what God tells you and not what everybody else is telling you about that's this right. because what God's God's truth is, that's what it is. Amen. So fear's a liar. Don't feed into it. Don't let your family feed into it. Just go on what God's truth is. God is in control. God has been in control of this country for a long time. He is in control, and that's what I hold to. Yeah, yeah. And we'll just close with the scripture that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound Amen. mind. So this is Maggie with Keys to Your Best Life. I don't have my little music intro and outro today. I apologize because I'm actually not in my little studio at home. I am at the Gap. So with that being said, Darla, thank you so much. Y'all, check my girl out. We'll see you later. Bye.